The Dadcast, episode 44, The Kid and the Pirates of Id. This week's show is brought to you in part by Split Reason. Get your gear for geeks and gamers and support the Dadcast by visiting twofatdads.com forward slash split reason. Nearly live from the Wendy House studios of Valwa Bay, it's the Two Fat Dads Dadcast. I'm Francois Forti and sitting with me in the studios tonight once again is Mr. Eric Schultz. How are you, Eric? I'm great, especially since I'm on the second scotch. So. Yeah, thank you for bringing that bottle back. I have poured myself a nice tall glass. I'm sorry. It's uh, supposed to be one finger, but apparently I got the finger the size of a yeah, winter the, the mitten. The finger is from the bottom up, not from the top down, right? <laughs> and you got to get some scotch glasses because the pint glasses, just not, <laughs> not, not, you know. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Joining us, as usual, from the grassy knolls of Kirkland... In his Chateau Magoo, Steve, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm. I'm also glad we were able to get uh, to get uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. 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 on before he walks the plank of the Parrot of the Caribbean cruise. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm just getting uh, just getting my sauce. So I can chop my leg off. You know, get the wooden stub. <laughs> wooden stub. I just want to see you with a hook. Uh, I'm not going to go there. My wife's nearby. Okay. All right. Well, it's, it's not that show yet, guys. That's the one after 11. So so we were having a little bit of a problem with the sound earlier, and we found out it's because uh, Steve was busy playing Diablo 3. Um, so are you the new Steph? Is that, is that, what, is that what it's like now? We, we, we finally get him off of WoW long enough to have a show, and you have to go and play Diablo 3. What's up with that? Uh, I, I, I basically carved out a whole different space all to myself. Um, so uh, no, it's actually kind of neat. I I don't know how I did it. I got the um, the beta invite without having to buy a year's supply of uh, World of Warcraft, um, and uh, it's actually kind of neat. But visually, it's stunning. Uh, the maps are are kind of neat. You can tell that everything's sort of been refreshed, but not really changed. In other words, it sort of grew upwards, but not outwards at all. Um, Another thing I'm finding a little odd, though, with the beta is um, the fact that you can't die. <laughs> so you're really not getting a sense for what the game will be like. You have an idea of what it will look like, but you what, know, what, 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 what do you mean you can't die? Like, 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 literally, you the, you you walk into a dungeon with a with a with a dragon, and you stand there, and it blows fire on you, and you never die. Imagine you can literally imagine imagine going to the bathroom being sick there for 24 hours and coming back and seeing your guys still alive, even though you're surrounded by those dragons. Oh, I get it. So they've turned Diablo 3 into Second Life. Anybody? I guess so, without the funny money. And anybody, um, anybody remember what Second Life actually is? So, <laughs> for all those people who weren't born in 2011, Second Life is a game they had back in 2008 where you ran around the place not doing anything. You couldn't. It wasn't even a game, really. It was a virtual world. I think they've turned that into a conference center now, eh? The the Second Life, virtual uh, presence, eh? Or telepresence? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> telepresence is one thing. Virtual presence is where you all are in the same room and you have avatars, and and your avatars are talking to each other, which I find is just spooky as hell. Like I want to see the guy nodding off. I don't want to see his avatar nodding off. <laughs> but anyway, so tell me more about Diablo three. So. Uh, uh, Steph, you got a copy because you, you, you're a lifetime member of WoW and part of the WoW fan club of life or what? How, how did you get your copy? 
basically what they for for the people who use WoW, as long as you commit to continuing a membership for another year, you'll get the software for free. And so I will get Diablo 3 for free when it comes out. But because I've been a WoW member for quite a while, I guess they decided that I play often enough that they would give me a Diablo 3 to try. And I got to agree with Steve. It's a great game. You know, a couple of glitches here and there. The, the non-dying is, is one of the things that annoys me. The biggest annoyance I find, and Steve, you may not agree, but when you're playing, you've got the map that, dis, you know, you discover the map. And then if you log out and you log back in, all that you've discovered is gone. So you don't keep the map progression. You have to rediscover it all over again. So, so they, oh, they, a, they make you start over your whole character all over again all the time. No, just the area that you've just you know spent three hours mapping out. If you if you decide to call it a night and you you log back in, you got to sort of remap it all out again. Otherwise, you don't know where to go or you know or where the bridge is or. But I, hang on, I thought this was only one level. How, what are you talking about? Maps. There's dungeons. Well, it's, to go down. There's lots of dungeons to go through. So how how big how big is a demo? It's it's quite a while. You can play probably a couple hours before it, it you run out of runway. Well, but then cool. you can you can missions. do it with like. Well, that's true, right? You have to you have to talk Sorry. to four or five different people. Um, we did, we didn't hear what? what we didn't hear what Steph said there. I, I don't know how you heard it, but I didn't hear what Steph said there. There's different uh, there's different missions that you can select, and there's different character classes that you can select. So there is that flexibility of, you know. Yes, Steve is right. You can play for a few hours, probably about five or six hours, but you can play it over different characters and you can play it in different missions with different objectives. So we we apologize for Stefan's sound quality tonight. Apparently he's 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 talking from these Optimus Prime helmet. Could you just <laughs> could you just unplug your mic and plug it back in again for us quickly? Uh, so Optimus, tell us more about Diablo three. Oh, it's a great game. I, Steve is right. The graphics are phenomenal. I think the transition, the visual transitions are great. You know, it used to be a static image when you're walking around. The trees would be static. But this time, there's layers. So they've, they've actually put layering uh, in the image and to give you more of a 3D feel. It's not a real 3D image, but it gives you that 3D feel of depth and of, you know, expansion of vision, which I thought was really cool. Steve, do you agree with that? Yeah, it's kind of neat when, when you're walking inside a, like a catacomb or something <clears> – <throat> There's, um, let's say, there's an archway or a doorway that you're walking through. As you're walking under the archway, it actually disappears, but it fades away. So it's real subtle. As you get close to it, it starts fading away. If you back away, it starts coming back, um, and you really get a better sense for what the floor is. So there's no blind spots on the map uh, in case because the perspective isn't straight down. It's kind of angled a little bit. So if you're looking at that angle and a guy is like kind of hiding behind the wall as you walk under the archway the wall and the archway melt away and you can actually see the guy now right so that's you don't don't just see a bluish go uh ghosty hue of him no exactly you literally just see him so that that is is better for the attacking but the um the actual easiness of the beta is a bit disappointing i was sort of hoping to get a sense for how hard the game would be but literally the 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 um the attack uh you can hold the button down to attack and it'll just find the next once you've killed the the person you're fighting with it'll move on to the next closest target and continue using the same attack that you were using so if you're shooting magic missiles say or lightning or whatever it'll just find the next target and then the next target so you can turn around and start reading a book and it'll just keep hitting people until they're all dead well that sucks 
But, I mean, it's the beta. So I have a feeling they haven't set the difficulty levels. They haven't done anything. Really, they're trying to see how often there's a game crash. Um, you know, are the graphics holding up? Are people complaining about the usability? You know, the whole stash and how you put armor on. That's greatly improved. Now, now you, you actually have this, this combined stash that you look at. And you can see, oh, okay, I'm taking gloves off. And I want to replace them with these. It'll actually compare the two side by side. And it'll say, this is what you're wearing and this is what you're holding. And uh, keep the ones you're wearing, they're better. And then you just unclick so and disappears. So kind of like what WoW already does and so does Torchlight, I guess. Uh, I can't speak to that. Uh, so Steph, maybe Steph, Steph, knows. Steph WoW does that, right? Correct, yes. And Torchlight but also does that. Yeah, both uh, both games have that. It's a great feature. It's one of those things that they take from other that they take from their other game and said, you know what? Let's bring it into this because it's a popular feature. Well, game, games games should only evolve that way. I mean, like uh, when 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 you when you boil it all down, all all these games stem from the 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 advanced Dungeons and Dragons rulebook, right? So I mean, they kind of have to go up from there, and I guess they borrow from each other to a certain degree and make the gameplay and the interface and the UI easier, so people will adopt the game faster. Like I mean, if you're a WoW user and you've been playing WoW for a while and you just you don't want to go into that huge massive, okay, let's organize 15 guys online and try to raid somewhere. You just want to go into the dungeon. With with maybe one other guy and just have a bit of hack and hack and slash kind of fun for a while. You you don't want to be completely lost, right? You want to have some of that familiar aspect. So some of the UI has to transport itself across. And and I th- I think I think if they've done that, that's good. I mean, I know um uh Dungeon Hunter, uh which is the PS3 game that was ported to the iPad and, and the Mac does that a- a- also. So if, if Diablo 3 hadn't have done that, I think it would have been a bit of a letdown. So I, I I'm glad to see that they've taken note into what other people are doing. But considering these are the guys who also make wow, I kind of expect them to. Uh, am I wrong there, Steph? No, and that's what they're doing. They're they're learning from their successes from the past and their previous Diablo and then they're saying what are we successful in in wow and what can we port and you know same thing with starcraft what you know starcraft evolved from the first game but they're saying what evolved and what was successful in world of warcraft that we can bring to this game and they're doing the same thing with the diablo which i think the big problem is it's the most highly anticipated game and you know it better not be a letdown and right now is it the letdown no is it does it meet all the hype that it's probably had built up not yet so I, I think oh, so. I, I think I'm still I think I would still go out and buy it depending on how how expensive it's going to be I think I would still go out and buy it when it does um, when it does come out uh, I I really like I kind of I've been biding my time with Torchlight and and even even the new Dungeon Hunter uh, release for for the the in the Mac App Store which is like I think it was like four bucks it was it was a complete like oh non brainer let's buy it kind of thing you know Torchlight two is taking forever to come out as well. Um, and I was I was kind of hoping Torchlight Two would come out before Diablo Three, and and it hasn't yet. And the, it, it's sad to say, but this is, this is the kind of game that I like. I, it's a game that I I it is kind of hard. It's not too difficult, but it doesn't mean that I have to study. Um, like I have to read a book and study how it works, or coordinate a massive raid with fifteen other people to do it. Like the the whole idea of World of Warcraft, and I and I respect the the, the effort and the, the time you put into it, Steph. It's it's fantastic. And 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 when you showed me how you play, I was like, oh, that that is cool. But you know, I have we ha- I have the blog, I have my life, I have 
the, the kids, I have, you know, other stuff. I can't dedicate any, and, and I'm trying to produce a dad cast, you know, every six months. So <laughs> I can't dedicate a lot of my life in, into one game. I want to have two hours. I can get into it, have a certain level of, of difficulty into it, and then, and then come out and think, okay, I have no commitment to other people. I'm still fine. I think I'm probably one of the only gamers in the world that still has that kind of like mentality, but I'm trying. You know, well, the, the whole idea behind uh, Diablo is that it's just a um, a gratification center game. In other words, kill, get something, kill, get something, kill, gets come, you know, and, and clear a dungeon, clear a dungeon. So you're constantly hitting that reward center of your brain. You don't really have to think too much except for when you have to add your little skill and sort of build up your character. You got to sort of build the right tree to, to build it the way you think would be the most optimal to be successful in the game. But you don't have to depend on 10 other guys showing up to be able to, to do it. You don't have to, you know, think, overthink it. It's just go in, slash, and get out kind of thing. Hack so and it's slash. A, Hack and yeah, slash. It's, it's Baldur's Gate for the PS2, uh, uh, Dungeon Hunter for the PS3, or, or even before that, you know. Yeah, it's, it's that kind of like instant... Let's let's have fun and get the hell out of here, right? Yeah, you know, oh, if I kill this boss, will I get a big a sword or some armor or something neat? Oh, yay, I got something. And you could go in and out in 20 minutes, where I think if you're going to go on a raid in, in World of Warcraft, you won't sit down just for 20 minutes, right? You'll, you'll sort of sit down for a couple of hours and, 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 and hope to, to play the thing and, and, and commit more time to it. I think you if it's possible, you could theoretically just go in for Diablo 3 and spend 20 minutes. I know it's probably never been my case, but I, I'm sure I'm sure it's it, it probably requires less of a commitment to it, right? So, it's a little more brain. Well, let's ask it. We got the expert in house, Steph. How long? How long is your typical WoW session? Anywhere from probably an hour to four. Four. Mm-hmm. Four hours. Wow. How? Where do you find four hours away from your three kids? Because I need to learn that re- the secret. Nine to one. Like how many times do you deliver to get that? To get that? Nine to one. Uh, Monday yeah. through Friday. Nine to one at night. Yes. All right. That, uh, that's one Call o'clock. of Duty time. One, yeah, but you have like a, that three-second commute, right? Call it. <laughs> so like he doesn't actually have to get up and get a train. He just has to get up and answer a phone. Like, you know, and, and, then, and then say, okay, uh, let me just check on that. I'll call you back. Then go and have a shower. So yeah, this is the beauty of working from home. Uh, I, I do envy you. I, I, and that's not true. It's not fair on Steph. You do walk the kids to school, and, and we got to promote you as a dad. You're, you're a very, very responsible father. And, and even though there's been no ice rink this year because there's been no freaking cold, Mother Nature, what the hell is up with that? Oh, uh, you're still a good a dad. A I had a ring for about a month, but now okay. it's shot again. I'm just so I'm so disappointed in this, in this, uh, in this winter. I am... Uh, I I, bear, I got in one cross country ski trip, and I'm gonna be lucky to get two downhill ski sessions. I had one Sunday, and I have another one in March. And if I have one in between, I will be so lucky. But I I've had to go far up north to go find some skiing. Eric, you've had better ski sessions though. Uh, well, relatively speaking, yes. well, you my are going to Rigo. That's true. Yeah, it's my daughter's first year skiing, so Rigo is perfect for her. It's perfect. For no, us. it's perfect. We skied Valley Blur, which is about the same size for like three, four, I don't know, four or five years, and it, it's, it's fine for that age. But it's it's if there it was there snow or was it ice? Oh no, they, I mean they do a really good job of maintaining it. I mean, like you said, they don't have a lot to maintain. I think they've got two tractors, and you know they can do the whole mountain with that. But uh, the conditions are great. Uh, my daughter's having a great time. 
uh, I mean, I, I usually go skiing with her after her lesson, and and there's I think there was ice, bit of ice last week. No, I said she said uh, my daughter decided it was time for me to go down an expert run, so she took me down a black diamond, and there was a bit of ice there. Now, now for those people who are, are are listening in from Utah and Colorado, a black diamond run at Rigo is. Um, what you guys would consider a bunny hill, so we apologize right away. And anybody from the Alps, don't even bother listening to this this part of the the dad cast. Rigo is what you walk up to. Rigo is what you guys drive your 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 your, your um, is what you guys drive your your Lambos over. So we're sorry, Alp people. Um, that's another story. <laughs> but my daughter's having a great time. But I did. I sorry. I don't want to interrupt, Eric. I, I did see on the weekend um, a, a Porsche, not 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 a Cayenne. Like we're talking like a GT, uh, not maybe a GT, 911 Carrera heading up to towards Tremblant because it was going past Mont Blanc with a roof rack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it had and it had and it had some pretty awesome parabolics on there. So to whoever that driver is, if, if, if you even bother, dude, that's hardcore. <laughs> You're taking a Porsche Carrera up skiing. Well done. Uh, Mike and I were impressed. So. Did the skis look like they'd ever been used? No, the this, this, this skis were like were like this season's. They were like you know they like typical like Porsche cock you know compensator kind of like maneuver. But uh, it they, no, the guy looked like he was he was a hardcore skier. You know, maybe he was maybe he was just going up to Apra ski. But uh, but 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 if his if his if his goal was to project the image of a skier, he succeeded. So I, I was impressed, and they weren't they weren't just like the the typical sports experts flash skis. These were these were these were skis that you had to look hard to find. Um, so th- these were some pretty nice skis. Of course, he was going by me in my little Mazda five way too fast for me to ever really get any real glimpse. But they were these were not these were not your cheap Alain uh, parabolics. These were these were some serious action skis. So, anyways, uh, go ahead again about the the ski. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I don't know where I was going. That's all right. Just waxing nostalgic about skiing with my daughter. So waxing. It's fun. It's fun to ski with kids, though. It it, it is a lot of fun. I mean, I haven't really skied in five years, right? Because it's not something you can do with kids unless they too can ski, right? You can't. It's kind of hard to strap a a kid onto you in your backpack carrier and and you know go back. You you can only do that backcountry skiing. You can't. You can't really do that downhill skiing. Yeah. Go uh, go tree skiing or mogul or. You know? But you did. But you, when when we did uh, when when uh, when my two my daughters are, are a little bit. Baby, my youngest daughter is about two years older than your 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 oldest. So when we did go that time where we went skiing and you had you had uh, you had Lindsay in the backpack and and you did a phenomenal job around Cap Saint Jacques skiing with with that and that's great. But yeah, um, skiing is different. Though. It's completely different. But when you get to the when you get to downhill skiing and 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 the kids can participate. So before we had the twins. Uh, we were able to go up as a family and have and have a, a, a ski trip, a ski day, and it was a great family sport because everybody could participate. You can do the smaller runs, you can do the bigger runs. Uh, you know, you can take your time, you can do what it is, and then and then mom takes the kids down like the blue run while you quickly go down the the, the black diamond, or you take one of the kids here. So it, it is it's not like hockey or or ringette or one of those sports where mom takes one kid to do one sport, sits on the boards, you know, or, or sits on the sidelines, watches watches kid, takes kid home again then rejoins the rest of the family right yeah. so it, it's it's a fun family sport and 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 that's why we've always enjoyed it uh it's it's great fun this year we took a we took a time out from that um the gear the girls have gotten to the levels where uh they could no longer really they don't ski with you anymore 
Well, no, I mean, Daddy, you're going too slow. So, Daddy. so, so the the eldest had gotten to the point where she was getting into. Uh, she had gone through all the different ski levels. She gone through the you know the, the teddy bear ski level, gone into the, through the all the different animal ski levels, and she now she was in the what they call the. Uh, this is the um, shampoo, uh, not shampoo, but uh, the, there's a, there's a ski school method of this. It's like one of the the Canadian sk- skiers. I can't remember her name right now, but there is. Uh, it's a school. It's a schooling system. So she had b- gone through Christiana. She had done her parallel one, and parallel one is is a non-competitive uh, skiing. But you learn how to do parallel skiing. So both legs together, and you're, and you're doing your zigzags down the hill. When you get to parallel two, you start entering gate country. So you start doing like slalom gates and really pushing the level. And she has no desire to to do that ever. Like she she's quite happy going down the hill and doing doing the hard runs. But she doesn't have to get down there. In a minute, she just wants to be able to get down that run, and my and my youngest daughter, well, because she had followed her daughter, her sister, all the time, she had gotten to that that level where she had hit all the the the, the animal levels, and she had to wait one year before getting it into that that other competitive level of skiing. So it was a, it was like a transition year for us. So either we did the same thing again for a year and the girls redid their stuff or, or my daughter pushed herself and she really didn't want to push herself and we, we, don't, we don't want to push her either. Um, she's quite happy skiing the way she does. She's a very good skier. She's a responsible skier. She doesn't go out and do stupid things and she's quite happy doing what she wants to do. My youngest daughter, she will throw herself down the double black diamond off a pitch and say, why did I fall, dad? So she, like she has, she has a, a desire to, 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 to drive. So, but she's too young to drive, to, to push that desire yet. So we took a year off next year. We might go back. We'll see. But it's fun. It, I suggest it to all families. Have, have fun with it. Great time. I, I'm, I'm wondering about uh, my son, if he's ever going to ski or if he's going to go straight into snowboarding. Well, I, even if they do, so what? You know, have fun snowboarding. You know, enjoy it. it I, it's still something. The kids, the snowboarding kid can follow the other people. It's, it's not whatever you do on the mountain is fine. Like you tell them, Mark. And, 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 you know, you guys can all choose your, your different planks and still get down the hill as you like. So, Steph, you got a whole different winter activity happening soon, though. What's up with that? It's uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. We're gonna be uh, down south. So you're putting on you're putting on an eye patch. You're cutting off your left leg. Or no, the the right leg because you're actually left handed. And right. and and you're trying to avoid the whole hook thing. But you're going on a Pirates of the Caribbean cruise. Correct. That's pretty awesome. It's gonna be so exciting. We're looking forward to it. For uh, seven days on a boat and. Uh, uh, you know, maybe we'll have a uh, Italian captain. Maybe we'll have some friends on the coast we can wave to. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't know if it is an Italian cruise. You'll be on time. You'll just show up sideways. That's just you know, just beware of that. But you've you've taken swimming lessons, I, as I saw from your last tweet. So you should be okay with that. Yeah, I'm not that strong a swimmer. <laughs> oh, nice reference. How are you? Are you <laughs> So I don't know. I don't know if if, if um, it, well, that's a great reference. It's a sign of life reference. Be but, right back. But when that happened, uh, when that when that thing, Steph and and our friend Brian and I, uh, we tried to put together uh, an actual synchro routine for for our lifeguard guarding club at the uh, at, at the pool where we were all working, and uh, and to this day, uh, that is still got to be one of the best memories of my life. Almost 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 as good. As that time where Steph forgot his bathing suit and had to borrow whatever bathing suit was available 
which just happened to be a woman's bathing suit. <laughs> that is still my favorite moment of all time. I'm not ashamed of that. I know, and that's why it's my favorite moment of all time. <laughs> Steph's got the legs to pull it off, too. So I, I and, and the thighs. Uh, yeah. He has got some pretty hot thighs. Well, I don't know about now, because now he's a bit of a fat dad. But actually, that's not true. That's not true. Okay, I, I apologize. Steph, I'm taking back. I'm sorry. That's okay. I've actually lost weight recently. You've lost a lot of weight recently. You've, you've done a really great job. We were at your 40th birthday party in, uh, in December. Uh, with the Nordiques cake and everything, that was pretty awesome. And and you looked hot. Like if if your wife wasn't around, I would have slapped that ass. That was some. <laughs> Man, you should have. I would have punched you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to be on the receiving end of one of your brotherly punches. That's the only problem. You see. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 reference there, boys, is uh, my brothers were there, and we were talking about you know. Uh, good brothers night were able to fight and i just punched my brothers in the face a couple of times that night and they didn't respond because well, they well, said i'm 40 and they didn't want to ruin my night but i was what, drunk at this point so i was like yeah come on well yeah you, know, you weren't that drunk I, th- I think you were just taking advantage of the moment but i'm surprised your mother didn't, didn't turn around and slug you because she just watched that and like water off a duck's back it was i couldn't believe she just let that slide because because m- mrs mrs d is probably one of the um the, the coolest moms you, you could have around. Not only was she a Bon Jovi fan back in the day, but uh, but she had, she had she had some guidelines. Like when you entered her house, you had to take off your hat. It didn't matter if it was uh, it, you know if it was winter, or summer. If you're wearing a hat, you took it off. No matter. I, I, she didn't care about hat hair day. And the other one is you can never shorten her son's names. So you, the, the 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 three words that could never be entered. Uh, uttered in the D household were Steph, Chuck, and Tony. <laughs> it was always Stefan, Charles, Antoine. <laughs> but you did notice that that night I kept referring to my brothers as Chuck and Tony. And she didn't say I a could, word. No, but I could see that eye twitching. That left I eye know. twitched a few <laughs> times. And then she held on to that knife a little tightly once or twice. But apart from that, she was pretty good. <laughs> I know. She was really patient. <laughs> It was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So, uh, so no, it's it a good night. It's a good night. And and uh, anyways, I don't know how we got into that one, but Rat Hole City, eh? Guys, what's going on with that? I don't know. Hey, Steph, did I ever tell you? I actually, I haven't really admitted this very often, but I've actually been to a Nordiques game at the old Colise. That That's something you should never have that said. That brings a tear to my eye. Yeah, it was actually the game where... Um, um, Mario Lemieux came back. Um, he was out. Was that the, I don't know if that was the cancer or was some kind of back injury or whatever. But it he was had been Hodgkin's. Out for, yeah, but he, it might have been in the back. He might have been out for quite a while in the back. Anyways, he came on the ice and it was actually my first pro game I'd ever seen. And it was at the Colise. And I couldn't get over how how big the, the, the skaters were compared to on TV. You don't get the same impression. And I remember Jagger getting on the ice and I thought he was Lemieux just because of the, how big he was. I had no scale or frame of reference to figure out, you know, and, and couldn't, couldn't get over how big those guys were, you know, and we had fairly good seats and stuff. And, uh, that's cause the Kelly Z is the size of Steph's backyard rink. <laughs> yeah. Probably didn't hold the ice as well, but they, they are, they're, they're big guys. I mean, I'm, I'm six foot four. And uh, and I, I've met a few uh, of the Habs players over the years, and and I am always uh, a little 
set back when when I, when I when I ever I meet one of these guys. Even the ex players, like you know, you meet Larry Robinson. That guy's like six four, six five. He's a huge guy. You're just like, um, yes, Mister Robinson. How are you? Um, hockey players are huge these days. They're big guys. That is very impressive. Not not as big as as like you know Super Bowl linebackers, but they're they're big and athletic, which is even more impressive. Yeah, surprisingly though, those linebackers can still run forty yards and whatever you know. Well, under yeah, but, five. but ask him to run forty one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well now that's a stretch goal. <laughs> exactly. So, so what do you guys think of the Gary Carter thing? I'm I'm um, you know it's 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 funny when. Uh, First of all, I'm 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 I was choked up, and I was I'm really really sad that that he's passed. He was he really is one of Montreal's true heroes, um, and 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 uh, I'm I'm sad to I'm sad to see him go. I hate cancer. Cancer is a real. I I want to be really angry at cancer, but I also want to keep her clean tag. But I hate cancer. I mean, uh, my sister's lucky enough to survive Hodgkins, and 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 she did the radiation, she did the the chemo, and she did that. Um, my grandfather wasn't as lucky. Uh, we've we've had we've had um, guests on the show who's who's who are directly uh, affected by cancer. Cancer is a real pain in the and it's real. Ugh! So, not happy. But uh, that night, I I I I was really really moved. This is one of my childhood heroes. I loved baseball. I grew. Steph and I, you know, we used to go down to Wintermere Park as kids all the time. We'd we'd have some pickup baseball. We'd play Pop Fly Five Hundred all the time. We we lived and breathed the Spos, and yep. and it it really it really moved me. And I have a I have a commemorative Expos twentieth anniversary brandy glass. Um, and that night, um, uh, my, my wife, Denise and I, we, we, we had a drink. I had my, my scotch and I poured her brandy in that glass, um, especially not her brandy, sorry, her, her, her Bailey's in that glass, um, especially because of that. And, and it was actually quite, uh, uh, I, I don't know, I was torn up about it, you know, and, and, and for, for about, for about three days, I was a, I was a Spose fan again. You know, and it, I, I felt that 1994 uh, vibe, and 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 you know the the the, the 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 those days in the 80s when I'd go to the ball game with my dad, and we sit there, and I'd, I'd go with my dad and and two or three of his buddies, and and they'd have a, a handful of quarters. Uh, I don't, I think Steph, you came to one of these games, uh, a handful of quarters, and they'd bet on who would steal like the next base. They wouldn't be betting on who would win. They'd bet on plays. And and that's one of those things about baseball that got me interested because you could have so many different games inside the game and make it interesting. And and then when the Spos left, I that part of me left as well. And I know Steve, you still have it there with the with the socks and all that, but but for me, yeah, base, but baseball's I, over. Baseball runs deep, and in, 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 you know, and uh, most people, it's hockey, and for me, it's baseball. Uh, but when the I gave up on the Expos the year before they left. Uh, I just I couldn't do it anymore. And the hardest part was picking a team to root for because you grew up hating everyone else in the National League East, right? Oh, do you root for the Pirates? Eh, I can't root for the Pirates. The Mets? Forget about that, right? So you go through the list and you say, well, who am I going to root for? And then you start going further out west, you know, the Dodgers, uh, no. you know, the, the Giants. And you're like... No, I'm not going to stay up till, you know, to watch a game start at 1030 at night. Right. And they didn't carry too many games on on TV, not like they do now. So I said, 
oh, you know what? Why don't I stay on the East Coast? And it can never be the Yankees. But I said, why not the Red Sox, right? But it still was a hard decision because, you know, you I remembered those years with Carter and Steve Rogers and, you know, that great team they had with Reigns and, uh, you know, it was just... No, oh, that that was a great year. Tim that was, Raines, that was, Tim Raines, the, the Hawk. Uh, well, those the Carter years. Yeah, the, 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 you know, yeah, 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 the Carter years. Yeah, so th- th- those were those were my forming years in baseball. I was watching that, and I mean, I was always hard on Carter because I I loved him as a catcher. I thought he was a great guy. He was great talking to the people, but I was always rough on him because I felt that he always hit the the, the 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 he had a two home run game when we had an eight run lead. So I, I always found that he wasn't too clutch, but you knew that he could do it right, and that just even if he didn't hit, even if he batted a hundred. Just watching him catch was insane. There was nobody short of Johnny Bench in my life that I saw, at least at that point in my time, that I've ever seen play position that well. I mean, there was Mike Schmidt at third base. I hated Schmidt. I hated Schmidt. I hated hated the guts out of Schmidt. There's two players in my life I will, I will, I will, and hate is a strong word, I will dislike violently. (laughs) Uh, Mike Schmidt and Eddie Murray. (laughs) <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Eddie, what have you done for me lately? What did Eddie Murray ever, ever do for you? He played for the Baltimore Orioles. No, no, no. no he played, played for the, the Mets. Mets. He played for the Mets. Oh, and, yeah, uh, come on. He, he played for the New York Mets when he was on social security. So, yeah. so, <laughs> Steph, come on. He was like 100 when he played for the Mets. Steph, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Please tell the story. Uh no, you go because well, here, here's the story. We used to we used, went to a couple games and one time. We how, how do we how do we get those tickets? How do we get those tickets? I think we, your dad gave them. And and where were we? Oh, right behind the home plate. Yeah, we're right behind the home plate. We're like five rows up, right? That's that. Imagine that, okay? So we get these. There's four guys: me, Left, Mitch, and Steph, and and we got like the best seats in the house, and we're the youngest people there ever, right? And this is what happens. Please go ahead, Steph. I, I'm not going to interrupt again. I'm sorry. So we're we're behind home plate, and Eddie Murray goes up to the plate, and Jeff and I are screaming, Eddie, Eddie, what have you done for me lately? And our friends are just going, oh, my God, these guys are crazy. These guys are losers. We're not with them. We don't know them. And at one point, Jeff and I say, okay, let's turn it up a notch because we're not yelling full out. We decide to go all out. We say, Eddie, what have you done for me lately? The guy actually steps out of the box, turns, and looks where the hell that voice came from. <laughs> At which point, Steph and I both immediately turn around and look up and go, who the hell is that, making that noise? <laughs> and we're like – and like, and then I find out. I find out. Like uh, I get home and my dad goes, uh, so did you have fun at the game? I go, yeah, it was fun, dad. It was good tickets. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Cool, cool. So uh, how was Eddie hitting tonight? I go, uh, I had a pretty bad game, Dad. Yeah, yeah, I, I heard. And he goes, what do you mean you heard? I heard you and your buddy there. <laughs> and it's like, apparently, we were on TV. So three months later, I'm at a family reunion in Sherbrooke. And my cousin turns to me and goes, were you at the Mets Expos games on June 1st? And I'm like, uh, no, that was another guy. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> nice. So that was pretty awesome. But we struck out Eddie Murray that night. He didn't hit. Not, not at once. all. Not once. He had a no-hitter, and he was so pissed. Oh, my God, was he pissed. Uh, but he he was a good hitter. He was a good he hitter. Was. He was. I hated him. 
Tell us how you really feel. Okay, look, he batted 261 and uh, 285 for the Mets. He had his heyday <laughs> with the Orioles, okay? Even the Dodgers, he did better with the Dodgers. He did do better with the Dodgers, you're right. You're he, right, he, was, right. he was on his, like... Um, and you can you all know, thank Wikipedia for Steve's facts. <laughs> uh, Baseballreference.com. Okay. But, uh, I, I, leave, I leave Wikipedia for, uh, for uh, Ben. ben. Yeah. yeah, God rest his soul. We have no idea where he is right now, but God rest his soul wherever he may be. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, b- back to Carter. Uh, like I was saying, there are guys who owned a position, and Carter's a guy who owned a position. I think it's shortstop, a Cal Ripken and Ozzie Smith. Those are guys that owned a position back in back in those days, right? Yes. We're not talking about these four hundred pound steroid monsters we have today, but back in the day when you had. You know, guys like yeah, because uh, no one used steroids back then, ever. <laughs> like that was not a problem. Well, I can tell you for a fact, <laughs> Ozzy Smith, if he was on steroids, he was doing it wrong. <laughs> Wait, okay, okay. <laughs> a, okay, there's a few. <laughs> there, were, right? the, there might have been a few guys that that, that were not on steroids. But uh, but if you if you look at you know the guys there that just stood out that were either naturals or just learned to do it properly. A few of those guys come to mind. And look, Schmidt was an Expos killer. You know, there's no way you you can love the guy, but you had to realize that he was awesome. I mean, he dropped four balls a a year. Like, he he made no errors. He covered almost the whole left side of the diamond. And he crushed the ball every time he played us, right? Well, Carter was a guy who was like that, Only against us. That's the problem. Oh, come on. Schmidt's numbers? Forget it. The guy was insane. He was off the charts. Okay, all right. It wasn't off the charts because you've been looking at charts. So. <laughs> but, but, but like I said, if, if Carter was south of the Mendoza line and batted under 200, he would have been worth to have on any team just for his defense. He had an arm like you wouldn't believe. He, he blocked everything in sight. He was nimble. And then he'd be you know, limping off the field because he left it all on the field. So now, so, now, now, I got a question for you. Did we, did, did we ever, as as a, a Montreal, did we we retired Carter's number? I believe. Uh, yeah, we did. It was and, up and on so the outfield wall, and he's he's hanging from the the Bell Center rafters as well, right? Yep. Okay. And so. that was classy, by the way. The fact that the uh, the Canadians actually held a a ceremony with some a video montage and everything. F- for him, well, not I just not was- just that. Uh, Jeff Molson was was on was, and this is this is. Um, uh, I give Twitter some credit here. Jeff Molson was on Twitter on the day after his his passing, saying, "Yes, there will be a ceremony on Sunday at the Bell Center. We will honor Gary Carter." So that's not exact words, but towards that regards is what he said, and it was very classy. And then the fact that every single player also wore the number eight on their helmet that game. Was also pretty classy, so I I, I like that, and that was actually brought up by uh, a guy, uh, one of the the uh, one of the one of the commentators on RDS had mentioned it, and I think in Nazi Sham or something like that, where he said, "I I want to see uh, a number eight somewhere on the shirt or whatever," and there's some, some kind of NHL law that says you can't have uh, apart from a year or something like you can't have like you know too many numbers on the shirt, so they put them on the helmet, which is really cool and really and actually it's really classy because it's it's a nice you know it was a nice touch I. I I commend the, the Montreal Canadiens. We're having a crap year, but I commend what they do in giving back to the Montreal community for all the, all the sports teams. 
You know, they really go out of their way to, to celebrate, you know, the, the, the Alouettes, the impact, all the different victories that we have. Um, and, and they do the best because these guys know this is sports is a religion in Montreal. And so what well done, well done Habs. Now, please play some freaking hockey. <laughs> One thing actually um, at, at watching that ceremony really brought me back to the to the 80s was the fact that Yuppie was wearing the original jersey. Oh, yeah, the, the butt cool? ugly one with the, the blue. Oh, yeah. Doesn't matter. It was cool. It yeah, no, it's cool. cool. It looked cool. It, it brought me right back. It wasn't the white with the blue pinstripe, you know, that they came out with that they, the in team the 90s, in the 90s yes, played with. It was the white with the funny E on it and, the you know, whatever. And, and the old old school hat, which you know that they had made for the, the thing, right? I mean, I'm sure they yeah. didn't keep this stuff from the no, 80s. I, they might have. They might have. In a locker have. somewhere. They they but, might uh, they might have I mean like, come on I mean it's, it's not hard to find a to find a uh, I I don't know I, th- I think a they size might have eighty jersey <laughs> okay well maybe they did no but yeah I mean they keep the uniforms for for UP I mean UP's probably got a whole wardrobe somewhere I mean the, the big O's a big place it, it, they they have a locker you, th- you think they'd have a giant felt jersey from the eighties hanging around somewhere they might they might very well do. You know what? You know what they might they might have even done is they might have made a couple calls out to auctions. I mean, obviously that kind of stuff must go for auction at some place, right? There must be some casual spa somewhere in Quebec that has like a huge size eighty jersey somewhere, and they said, "Can we borrow that for a few hours?" Maybe they, maybe they went down to Fabricville. <laughs> All right. had it, now, had it made? now yeah, if, okay. if anybody is wondering about the the, the Canadianness or even the Montrealness of this podcast, you have you you. This is it. This is this is where we define where we're from in this podcast right here. When Eric makes references to Fabricville. <laughs> All right. All right. And on that note, I wish you guys good night. Apparently, Eric has to get up in the morning. So yeah, I do that occasionally. So what is that? Which train are you taking in, Eric? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. It'll we'll be an early one tomorrow. So early for you is like six twenty, or is it late for you but early for Steve seven forty? Yeah, uh, I'm probably be on the the seven fifteen train tomorrow. Okay, well I, I'm probably taking the seven forty. I have a uh, I have a uh, breakfast with some some uh, some some suppliers. So, Ooh, that's right. Steph, what time are you going down the stairs? <laughs> Probably eight twenty-five. I don't know. Don't uh, don't trip on any skateboards there. And they're they're announcing TLC at eight thirty. But they're announcing a snowstorm, so Steve will 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 fire up the fireplace at uh, four forty. Lay out the bearskin rug, and uh, him and Jen will have a let's send the kids to daycare day. (laughs) Yeah. How about Steve has interviews tomorrow Uh, Who who are you firing now? That's what I want. I'm hiring. Oh, yeah. The economy's going up. Steve's hiring. Is that what you're calling it? (laughs) Oh, nicely played, Steph. I see what you did there. (laughs) I will not be mocked. Oh, you will. (laughs) All right. Good night, guys. Good night, Eric. Sleep tight now. And careful walking. Careful walking home with uh, with that that bow that bowmore. We don't want you getting. uh... He's He's gone. Uncanny sense of timing. It's fantastic. The comedic almost. <laughs> okay. So we are approaching uh, one hour in our podcasting scheme of things. We've done, uh, uh, I would say, a great show tonight. Um, just to follow up on uh, on last week's show, um, 
I am still being followed by Erica M, VJ of Much Music. Well, former VJ of Much Music. Former, now, come on. Now she's now she's just a, a yummy mummy, apparently. <laughs> Yummymummy.ca. So a yummymummyclub.ca. So don't get that wrong. Don't go to yummymummy.ca. That could be a whole different site. I'm sorry I even brought that up. <laughs> so <laughs> Steve, uh, you, you, uh, you getting any Erica M action there? Uh, no, nothing yet, and there is no yummymummy.ca, so we're we're pretty safe. Okay, good. All right, I don't want it to be. Uh... I love the fact that you actually decided to verify that for us. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to do it, and I'm a team player. It's taking one for the team. Great. So. Uh, hey, Jen, listen. Um, I know you're going to check my history. Uh, I, I have no clue what this is. Uh, I don't know how it got there. I think it's one of the kids. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to go over really well. So if if you haven't actually you know what I'm going I'm going to give Erica a bit of a plug here. If you haven't been to uh yummymummyclub.ca as, as a man, you should go to. Uh this is the uh, 2012 edition of the uh, I would say the opposition's playbook. Go there, they have a little sexy time section. You can find out exactly what your woman wants to hear or how many times she wants you to do the dishes this week. And uh, you should be you should be scoring, and you can thank the two fat dads for that. And uh, you can thank us by going over to splitreason.com and buying a T-shirt, and maybe get one of those. Uh, Je- I used to be a Jedi, but I took a lightsaber to the knee T-shirt. Those are pretty cool. Or a Cylon mug, like I got for Eric for Christmas. Uh, that was pretty cool too. So uh, go over there. Uh, you can actually, if uh, you really want to help us out, go to twofatdads.com forward slash splitreason. And, and you can go there as well. And speaking of twofatdads.com, we originally we officially had our version 6 launch uh, earlier last week. It's going pretty well so far. Not too many issues. Uh, people are liking the, the look. It's, it's, kind of, it's kind of fun. We're going to have some, some new stuff happening on that site very soon. So come, come on over, visit our refresh. Um, we're, we're very proud of it. And in true, true Time Lord fashion, uh, we can only do this refresh another six times before we have to retire the site for good. Um, so no, I know what he got at. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It regenerates six times. Dr. Who. Nice. Okay. All right. There we go. All right. So that's, that's what I had to say about that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it fell flat when, when Steve doesn't, uh, doesn't pick up on it. it it's, it didn't go anywhere. No, yeah. I was actually reaching for my sonic screwdriver. I couldn't get it out in time. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> you were going to point it at him, weren't you? <laughs> Can well, we shut I, him up? Can we you, shut him up? Could you, could you actually, Steve, get the Sonic Screwdriver and fix Steph's bloody mic? Uh, I'm on it. Give me a second. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so also, uh, quickly revisiting uh, uh, last week, we had made some mention about uh, GPS stuff and... Uh, um, I, and 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 actually, um, I this is this is this is Steve. Uh, part for the course, the man will go above and beyond, and uh, not not only make really really great comedic timing, which is usually Steph's job as well, but he did did some extra research. Okay, thank you. Was it fixed yet, Steph? Say something. Sorry, say that again. I missed it. You turn him into a Cylon. Great. Use a Doctor Who tool to turn the one guy who plays Wow into a Cylon. I it love doesn't... the sound, Steve. I got it. <laughs> Awesome. It doesn't work on wood. So, so if anybody, that's why. <laughs> that's oh, okay. Oh, Steph's a little wooden. All right, I got that too. I see what you did there. So, uh, 
<laughs> so uh, if anybody's wondering, um, uh, I, I got the guys a little present. I got everybody a little present for Christmas this year. I got uh, I got Steph, Steve, and, and our, myself. I you know I got myself a Christmas present. Myself. <laughs> <laughs> I got myself uh, a sonic screwdriver because we were a bunch of, of, of real Doctor Who freaks. I got uh, Eric a a Starbucks. Um, uh, what is a refillable mug? Uh, let you know the travel mugs. And it's 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 Cylon. It, it's Starbucks, but it's the Starbucks from Battlestar Galactica. And so it says Starbucks as a picture of a Cylon, almost as if it was the Starbucks logo. And it says freshly roasted Cylon, which is very very funny. And I got I got Ben a T-shirt. I can't talk to you about it yet because I still haven't seen him to give him the present. So Ben, if you're listening to this show. Please just come have a cup of coffee, and so I can get this present to you, and and we'll be done with. But anyway, so, and I got all those presents this year at SplitReason.com. So, <laughs> can I say that name it after the show? Um, so that's it, really. But no, we were talking about GPS, bringing it back. Steve, you did some research for us, and what did you find out? Well, TomTom uh, Tom got in a little bit of trouble uh, with, uh, well, with its user base actually. Uh, turns out the Dutch police were using TomToms to figure out uh, traffic patterns and speeding patterns um, of you know that that TomTom I guess were uh, pushing out to the to the people. So they were figuring out well this street and this corner has you know average speeds that are above the speed limit. Let's put a radar trap there. Let's put a speed trap there. So they were using the the information, even though it was anonymized information, they wouldn't know who was there, but they knew that enough people would be there to be able to issue tickets out. So uh, anyways, there, there was a big kerfuffle. Tom Tom apologized. They said, you know, we're going to try and do our best to make sure our products aren't used in that way anymore. And, uh, you know, big splash in the press. So that's that's the uh, that's the update on the whole Tom Tom thing. I, I actually, it's pretty funny the fact that uh, <laughs> they're resourceful, and now they're being penalized for being resourceful. Yeah, yeah, but, but uh, it, it's Holland. I mean, it's a flat country. Like, if you're speed, you can see the guy's speed. It's like it's like being a cop in the prairies. I saw you speeding three days ago, and I'm arresting you now. Do you have any proof? Yeah, you got here four days ahead of schedule. Like, <laughs> Oh, sorry. It, it, it's not flat. Isn't it a gradual uphill to the ocean? <laughs> you, might, you might have a point there. <laughs> Just don't mention the dike. I mentioned it once, and I think I got away with it. But uh... Yeah, I'll leave that alone. Yeah, I think I will, too. <laughs> don't or if our, nope, if nobody our likes the polka dike. <laughs> if our listeners have any ideas, what they could do is always tweet and put a hashtag two fat dads next to it. That would all also make for a funny meme. Yeah, two fat dads hashtag also poke the dike hashtag. <laughs> that could be another one too. So um, okay, so I think I think we're almost done with that uh with that uh uh terrible pun. Uh, or not even pun, just bad joke altogether. I want to thank uh, everyone tonight. Uh, thank you, Steph. Um, so uh, well done on 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 everything this year. Uh, you know, showing up for uh, after six months of being absent. That's cool too. Thank you to everybody. I'm I'm sorry we everybody like we said last show. We're sorry we took such a big time off, but there comes a time in in a family's life where the dads just have to kind of be there. And this apparently was one of those years for everyone. 
So um, you you might you might get another show in a couple of weeks. You might not get a show until the summer. Uh, you might not get a show until uh, Steph and I jump on the yacht and uh, and and win a few races. Um, Steph, you've officially been named Boatmaster. You know that, right? Okay, that's great. Fantastic. Okay, good. So uh, Friday nights, oh. Boatmaster. Uh, Ste- uh, Steve's your uh, your jib guy. Uh, Eric might be your spinnaker girl. We're not sure yet. Uh, he's going to wear a red jersey and a white hat for sure, though. Um, he's he's really stepped into that role. Um, and you can you take that on a Gilligan kind of point of view, or you could take that on a <laughs> on a Star Trek point of view. Either way, Eric will go overboard. Uh, this is par for the course for Eric. So, <laughs> if anybody's canoed with Eric, they can attest to that. So. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so that's that's uh, that, that's our, our call. So thank you guys for showing up. Thank you guys for being here. Uh, thanks, Steph. Have a great trip. Thank you. I and, will. And, and I promise a... I promise to release this the day you get back. So <laughs> So I can tell you how it went. Exactly. Steve, thanks for doing the research. Thanks for bringing back the spos one more time. And uh, it, it was touching, Steve. I um I almost felt um <laughs> Like I cared. Yeah, you're just a Schmidt hater. That's what it is. I didn't. I never liked Mike Schmidt. I'm with JF. I never liked him. I didn't either. But you, <laughs> have, to, you, know you have to admit, you know what? He's a real Schmidt head. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's guys you 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 know they're gonna come to town. They're gonna wreck you. You know, like Ray Bork. You knew he always played well against us. There's guys that you know always brought their game when they like come to anybody town. Anybody who ever played for the Habs this year. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, no, nobody on our team brought their A game this year. But there's guys you knew when they'd roll into town, they would just <clears throat> kill us, right? Well, he was know, one see, of them. You have to respect that. You know, Mike Ribeiro, he plays well. Oh, wait, he doesn't play for us anymore. Wait, we got rid of him. Uh, right, Ribeiro, because, you know, he was not talented enough, I guess, or uh, something. LaPierre, uh, half the Bruins, the Bruins coaching staff, the Dallas Stars coaching staff. Oh, hold on. They came here. We fired them. Uh, <laughs> come on, Montreal. Just hire, hire Pierre Maguire and get it over with. End of story. I'm done. <laughs> nice. He uses his sonic screwdriver. Pierre, uh, unfortunately, the management of the Canadians is made of wood. That's <laughs> all right. Because that's how the Habs play. <laughs> uh, on that note. On that note. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. <laughs>